0: We'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Fine. Are you in
1: good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we're here to talk commercials today. We're going to talk about good ones Bad ones and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Could you write a television commercial? Probably not. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Genevieve, could you write a television commercial? I
1: feel like once a year we try to with our doctor doctoring.
0: That well we certainly can doctor. But I mean do doctors create life or do they fix life? Wow, that's pretty
1: that's pretty deep. I guess you're right.
0: I guess I wouldn't say that they fix life. That's not what do you do is as a doctor, what do you do?
1: I fix life. I fix
0: life. Um, all right. No judgment today. My brain's a little bit fried. I probably say that at the beginning of every show just to lower <laughs> your expectations and raise the the chances of success. Uh, we have a fun project today. I want to say right off the bat, I'm not 100% proud of the timing on this. Yeah, I was just snarking the other day that already the... Um, it was like september 5th and i already saw a bunch of halloween decorations out at a store and i was publicly mocking the grocery store for that yet here it is the 17th of september and we are going to do something that is somewhat somewhat halloween related right now it's not halloween commercials in fact i could have played all of these commercials for you and you'd have no idea that it's actually connected to halloween but what happened is somebody sent me Uh, a tweet that's actually a year old a guy put together a twitter thread uh last year and said these are a bunch of commercials he found a vhs tape i think of um a a tv movie the tv movie actually was uh the legend of sleepy hollow the live action version with jeff goldblum (laughs) it aired on uh it aired on an atlanta tv station way back in 1980 and uh he found a vhs cassette tape of it i believe and he Edited out all the commercials and just posted the commercials in his Twitter thread. And uh, his name, by the way, is David. You can find him at Red Conversation that's at red conversation on Twitter but I promise you red Red. yeah it's not and it's not it's not problematic uh, actually um, I just saw red conversation I was like oh no is this guy often like just spouting off about politics or something the rest of the time but uh, no anyway um, so we are going to basically go through all of those commercials that aired during that special back in 1980 and these were on an Atlanta TV station and that's where that's where you grew up Genevieve it
1: is and I I haven't watched these but I've heard you playing them, and I heard a lot of references to Eleven Alive, which was our NBC station.
0: That's right, yeah. So now, 1980, you were like two years old, right? Yeah, I actually or didn't even ish. live in
1: Atlanta when this, these ads oh, came yeah. out. I lived in North Carolina, but Eleven Alive was still very much a going concern when I moved there in the mid-80s.
0: And these are mostly national commercials anyway, and most of them have nothing to do with the season. It just happened to be that they aired during, um, during this Halloween special. Um, so we're going to just go through a bunch of those and relive The past and and compare some of the advertising tactics of then to today. Um, And also, we will check in with the ad council if we have time.
1: If we have time. Just remember, this
0: is our show, not (laughs) yours. Um, First, though, if you'll allow it, can we try delving into, like, I'll call this our sophomore effort of a new segment called Andy's Corner? I'm Andy. <laughs> and this music is from the Andy Griffith show. So that's the connection there. Right. I just had a, one commercial <laughs> that I saw, uh, probably during a football game this weekend, that that got me, I don't know, oddly steamed. Probably not. I don't know if steamed is the right word. A little word. hot under the collar. hot under the collar. Don't worry. I'm not going to turn this into Andy's rants. But I do want to play it for you because it seemed like the premise was a little bit bonkers. Um, and i don't even know if the premise is bonkers so much as like what they're actually doing so this is for domino's uh pizza and you know how domino's lately has been They're the ones who are like kind of creating like pizza insurance and like creating all these problems that people don't have with pizza so that they can solve it. Everyone
1: had one problem with Domino's pizza, which was your pizza is bad. And Domino's was like, what if there was like 50 problems with pizza and then the pizza is bad problem is just sort of gets lost in the noise. Well, this one
0: is part of their delivery insurance. So they've had takeout insurance. Stop it, Domino. Exactly. Like, okay, you're carrying a pizza and then you, I don't know, you trip in a pothole and your pizza goes spiraling. Of course, course, the
1: irony is we actually did have the situation recently where we were like, damn it, if we had pizza insurance, we could get this replaced. Well...
0: we did have a pizza that was delivered to us from a, a local. I'm not even going to say the the shop because I love the. I've ordered probably a hundred. Yeah, pizzas this was from a this was a rare occurrence. Always fine, but something definitely happened uh, with the stoner who delivered our pizza because it clearly like had like all the it had fallen in some way and all the s- toppings yeah, that are slid for off the side.
1: Pizza should be eaten by stoners, not delivered by <laughs> them. True.
0: But. There is a long tradition of pizzas being delivered by stoners. Um, Anyway, so this one is for delivery insurance. And here, I'm just going to hit play, and then I'll kind of explain what's going on. At Domino's, a delivery gone wrong doesn't just hurt your pizza night. It hurts our pride.
1: We're going to be expediting this order.
0: It could be a missing dipping sauce. It could be a wrong topping. Okay, so right now they've set up the problem, which is we often fuck up your delivery. (laughs) <laughs> like they're just li- it could be the wrong distance, sauce. It could be the wrong address. Somebody might accidentally put a loogie in your pizza. Right.
1: I also I love the way this is shot. Like it's an episode of ER with like the camera moving around yes. like frantically through the pizza kitchen. Almost exactly what I was going to say. So we're seeing this this
0: Aaron Sorkin esque shot in the kitchen where everybody's like, "It's go time! Enough talking and walking! It's time!"
1: Like
0: it, it's like uh... I need marinara, staff. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and uh, clearly. The these employees one of them has been a delivery person for 30 years another one has been a delivery person for nine years it says and uh and they've they've seen it all but now they've listed what all the problems are with their service. Right. I'd like to remind you. And now it's time to make good. So we see them loading up pizzas and delivering them to customers who seem very surprised to receive them. It's cold.
1: Okay. With Domino's new delivery insurance, if your delivery isn't what you expected, make a claim and we'll make it right.
0: Okay, so now we have a guy and he's running up to the, I mean, he is moving fast and he is a delivery driver running up to, um, like, a house. All of these seem like very, uh, there's a reason I'm mentioning this. All of these delivery locations are very, like, Suburban yes. homes in the middle of the day.
1: I noticed you had an issue with your last delivery. To make up for it, I brought you a medium pizza. Oh my gosh! Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Oh gosh. Okay, so where is a montage of people receiving their surprise make good pizzas in the middle of the damn day? And this is my problem.
1: <laughs> yes. Did they not get their surprise replacement pizzas? Like. Immediately upon the discovery of the Right. Earth.
0: Exactly. So there was some error, but I guess they just were
1: They just tough, pulled out a survey later. Right. Yeah. They, t- they ate the peppercini, which were put on a set of pepperonis or whatever. That's and the real thing that happened.
0: That's right. That did happen to us. But when that happened to us, and I will shout them out, Pudge Brothers Pizza, one time, I mean I I love them. Actually
1: I think it was the reverse. We ordered peppercini, but they that's are right, so unused to people. Because we had a vegetarian
0: at our at our football party. Right. And we called them right away and said, you know, like we had waited probably 45 minutes to an hour for the pizza, a normal waiting time. We called them and said, I think you guys made a mistake. They're like, we did make a mistake. You ordered it right. They had it over to our house in like 10 minutes. Yeah,
1: I imagine that was a very frantic scene in the kitchen. Yes. (laughs) Out of my way. Priority order. But it
0: happened right away. But it would appear, as I put on Twitter, am I confused Or is Domino's delivering make-good pizzas without any announcement in the middle of the day? to these All these people are women living in the suburbs. What are they just going to do? It's just like, oh, my God, it's 3 o'clock. I'm dealing with a bunch of shit. Oh, now I suddenly have a hot steaming pizza in the middle of the day.
1: Also, the irony is if they would just make good pizzas, they wouldn't have to make any make-good pizzas. Right,
0: exactly. Even your concept of... Takeout insurance is kind of bunk, but that's kind of saying, "Hey, I'm an idiot who loves to eat pizza, and sometimes I trip and I ruin it." But like, you're basically saying we screw up your order all the time. We are idiots who like to make pizza, but we (laughs) have we we have an insurance policy against that. I
1: know it's so hilarious. Like they're just highlighting all of the ways that pizza can go horribly wrong.
0: It is it Dom- is befuddling. The
1: the saga of Domino's advertising for the last, I'm gonna say like almost decade now, is just nonstop polarity as far as I'm concerned. Like each one each new gambit is dumber and more ridiculous than the last.
0: And that is how you play Andy's corner. <laughs> All right, thanks for letting me do that. I guess I really did. I guess it really did turn into a "What's grinding my gears?" Well, it kind of
1: grinds my gears. I'm glad. I'm
0: glad. I feel like I did a whole show recently where I was talking about a bunch of commercials that grind my gears, and it turns out I'm just insane and I listen to too much of the radio.
1: Right? Yeah, we we unpacked a few of those and discovered they. Maybe you weren't quite as. Luke totally had my back on all
0: those. By the way, we redid the segment on TBTL. Listener,
1: you can you can't see my face, but I'm making a so face. <laughs>
0: all right. Do you want to party like it's Halloween,
1: 1980? <laughs> yes. It's a dead man's party. By the way, this is a good song. But
0: what would you have gone with?
1: Werewolf bar mitzvah. I almost did because that. for me that is the the only that werewolf bar mitzvah, which is not a real song. Is the only Halloween song I care to hear anymore. I
0: almost played that, but here's the deal. I'm trying to establish the 80s. Yeah,
1: no, I know. Like, I do think Werewolf Bar Mitzvah was set in the 80s, but. Oh, man. But it's also set in a fictional world, set in the 80s. Right, yeah. It's not a full song, right. etc. cetera.
0: Uh, okay, so once again, this is a, a Twitter user. A tweeter you might call him I do not know if he has tweet insurance Uh, Named David and he wrote This is a collection of commercials and news breaks That aired on this night 38 Halloweens ago Um, This was actually 39 now And it was on Halloween proper Uh, In the most macabre of cities Atlanta during an airing (laughs) of The legend of Sleepy Hollow
1: I think this was around the time we had a serial killer
0: Oh that's true Although I wouldn't say that Atlanta is the most macabre city Would you? No, I would. But I mean, Obviously it would it's be in Baltimore. The, oh, really? I would think it would be further south, like um, like uh, Charleston or something, or something, something
1: in the sort of like the Bayou.
0: Yeah, something that feels more gothic
1: to me. Well, if you want gothic, I mean, you have to go with. Baltimore home of that's true
0: okay yeah that's true okay they named their
1: damn football team after him. that's
0: true and it is a damn football team Uh, okay so let's just go through these we have so many and maybe we can't have huge conversations about each one because I just want you guys to relive 1980 with me Um, this first one is I didn't think I'd remember most of these because this is a little bit before my time but this was a campaign that did run for a big chunk of my youth and it was for a soup that eats like a meal a question has arisen about Campbell's Chunky for instance, this new Mexican style three bean vegetable on the one hand, it's a soup so one can eat it with a spoon on the other hand, it's full of three kinds of beans and chunks of savory vegetables that one can eat with a fork so, is it a soup or is it a meal simplemente, Chunky is the soup that eats like a meal New chunky Mexican style three bean vegetable. It's the soup that eats like a meal. Now yeah, that spokesperson is just sitting behind his dining room table. I don't think he's a famous person. He's eating a soup with a fork in one hand and a spoon in the other. Yeah, he, I had. He's sort of an, about this. he has
1: an Italian gentleman quality. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like he looks like he might you know own a, a restaurante. But my
0: you know even though he comes off as uh, Italian I was wondering I mean it's, it's Mexican soup He's not oh, I guess Mexican. he's Mexican he? that was I think he very might racist be. of me yeah. He just
1: gave me the feeling of like a guy who runs a Italian restaurant Yeah, I guess an a Mexican guy can run an Italian restaurant. Who am I to judge? Yeah,
0: now, now you're treading on some dangerous territory telling people what they can and cannot do. Yeah um, I think this was a brilliant advertising
1: campaign yeah, I think so too. Although,
0: kind of carving out your carving, out, like looking at your product and saying, like, how can we just? It's already out there, but how can we promote something? Yeah,
1: like you it? you can ha- you can buy this and you can serve it and you ha- you get a full meal. It's not a snack or mm-hmm. it's not like a it's not a side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kind of I have redefining to say, soup. I wonder if this di- if it sounds different now. But the word chunky is not appetizing. That is to true, me. That and is I wonder true. if maybe it was appetizing thirty years ago. But right now, chunky. I guess you you might advertise a chunky salsa. But yes,
0: you would, I guess.
1: But chunky in general, I think you want to like be. You want to tread carefully. You know what happened?
0: Blowing chunks yes. happened, right?
1: Blowing chunks did happen, and that
0: happened in the '90s, I think.
1: Did that happen in the '90s? It seems
0: like it. Yeah. I I think of um, Wayne and Garth.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's very nice. I don't know if they,
0: if they coined it. No,
1: but they they popularized right, it.
0: Right. Yeah. So um, I mean,
1: blowing chunks has always been popular, but calling it that.
0: <laughs> you're really enjoying yourself today. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this one uh, was a fun jingle. I love how local this is, or I guess I should say how regional this is.
1: From the Carolina South to Florida, in Georgia and Alabama too, your Toyota dealers
0: got the cars and trucks at the price that's right for you. Now I'm gonna pause it here. We just see a bunch of, um, well, Toyota cars and trucks driving along, like I guess southern-looking places. What is this castle? It's that probably Biltmore Estates, which okay. I
1: think is not in any of the states that were named, um, but is like this big castle that. The Biltmores, or some—I don't know if the Biltmores were the family, but oh look! But but what what's behind this truck? Oh, is what's behind this truck, Andrew? That's your laser show—the Stone Mountain carving of the Confederate generals, upon which the world's most racist laser show is is projected every summer.
0: Wow, that's right. It's about the War of Northern Aggression, right? That's right. Um, I, by the way, I'm loving the looks of these Toyotas, these cars and trucks. They're like boxy. That
1: first little Toyota hatchback? hmm Yes. Give it to I me. I love all, it all it of me, these baby. things.
0: And it's funny because I just... Like 1980, the South. Like, the South must have been a pretty tough place to try to sell Japanese cars That's probably days, true, right? actually.
1: And I mean, this is very much like... You know, I mean, I think that was around the time that the New South was kind of, like, ascendant. And, like, the South was— be- Atlanta, in particular, was coming into its own as, like, a major city and economic center. And, like, there was sort of, like, this revitalized uh, sense that, like, you know, there was a real sense of renewal. I'm going to look up Biltmore States and see if that's what that big castle thing is.
0: Cool. While you look that up, I want to say this commercial about um, 10 seconds in, about a third of the way in— it suddenly takes a, a a kind of a left turn. We're just seeing all these cars and trucks driving around. Oh, you found it already, Veeps.
1: Yep, that's it, right? That's what they're and So showing. where is it? Where is it? It's I wanna say I thought it was in like Tennessee or something. But I could be wrong about that. It is in North Carolina. So North Carolina. I stand corrected. It, it was starts by saying the Carolinas. It's in the Carolinas.
0: Um, now this commercial. Suddenly, we're going to see like a set. We're going to have a spokesperson telling us about the deals you can get on Toyotas in the South. But for some reason, they want to make it like meta. So it starts with somebody saying, "Oh, action. it was built
1: for George Washington." Learn oh, something really? every day.
0: Huh? The Toyotas were
1: the Truel. Yes, the the, the Toyotas was built for George Washington. No
0: kidding. Anyway, I don't understand why you hear somebody yell "action" in this, but it just, I guess, adds some texture to the commercial. <laughs> Stand by, action. Time's running out. Toyota dealers are moving out 8,100, 81s by November 1, like the new Tercel. Don't make a $700 mistake. Compare Toyota what price and economy. What does that Find out mean? The he never explains the math on I that. Don't either. I've watched I it mean, several the, the times. the
1: car's not $700, right? It's got to be more than... I mean... Yeah, you can't
0: buy a brand new Tercel for $700 in 1980, 1980. No. And by the way, he's standing in front of a truck in front of a dealership, and the cars are literally being driven off the truck uh, as they he's talking cute. about them. They are cute. as hell. But what? $700 You know, I had steak? a little
1: Corolla that wasn't much older, much newer yeah. than that. I had a Corolla in the 90s that was, at the time, probably... A good ten years old, so it would have been, you know, a few years mm-hmm. past these vintage, these ones. But like, it still looked a lot like that, although yeah. not as cute. I did ninety one. And then I plowed Tercel. it into a
0: wall. That's right. I did ninety one Tercel, but it looked, it looked much more ninety one than nineteen eighty. These are actually nineteen eighty one cars. It's Times the end of the year. running out. Toyota dealers are moving out. 81's by November one, like the new Tercel. Don't make a seven hundred dollar mistake. Compare Toyota price and economy. Find out why. Toyota is the world's best-selling economy car. Hurry, you could save big money.
1: It must have been priced $700 below a competitor or something. And Mm -hmm. maybe that was like more just widely understood. Hey, listeners, if you know what that $700 mistake is about, get at me.
0: Would you like to talk about more cultural appropriation by any chance? Pretty much always. Fantastic. Well, then let's talk about this Kodak instant camera. So this is basically like a Polaroid camera for Kodak. And the scene is a keep in mind, this is airing October 31st. So they're looking ahead now to Thanksgiving. And the scene is a school pageant with a bunch of little kids. Um, doing the what is there a specific word for I want to say like the the meal that the pilgrims and the Native Americans sat down to (laughs) you know what I mean like it's not like I I can say like the first supper or something but it's we don't have a name for it right
1: you mean the first thanksgiving
0: yeah i guess the first thanksgiving
1: oh i thought you were like joking around like it's so obvious it's obviously called the first Thanksgiving. no don't
0: ever give me that much credit i didn't do so
1: what's that thing where they give thanks that meal that first one what
0: genevieve once said to me (laughs) unironically years and years and years ago what's that song about the i am iron man It's Iron Man. Uh okay, so turns out
1: <laughs> these little these
0: little kids are putting on their Thanksgiving pageant and there's another little kid with one of these Kodak instant cameras which is literally bigger than his head. You'll also hear the voice of their administrator. Instant photography by Kodak and the big audition.
1: The cornucopia. It is a horn of plenty. So
0: we see a little kid come out and he's dressed up like a cornucopia. Hell of a costume, by the yes. way. Yes. A lot of detail. It's a, a huge,
1: per, like kid-sized, very detailed cornucopia. And he's just like stuck up through the middle of it like a human toothpick. You
0: don't even need the kid. I guess you need him to deliver the lines. On a Hold it! Got the flash Marvin. Sure! It's still trident! Now that kid who looks remarkably like me when I was his age, from the giant glasses to the hair to the little sweater vest thing, holds up a camera that's about twice the size of his head, or maybe yeah. his head and a half. It's huge, And yeah. he's gonna uh, take a picture of his classmate here. Still trident! Very good! Okay! of gray and fruit now you that the sorry now that kid was a uh, a pilgrim holding a paper turkey the Hi. now we have a cute little white girl dressed up like a Native American
1: yeah full-on fringe buckskin
0: uh, face paint face
1: paint hand like how like say you know mm-hmm. the stereotypical it's like they're so progressive they have a little african-american kid as a pilgrim which I think is great I mean Leaving aside whether you should be doing Pilgrims and Native Americans Mm -hmm. as a Pageant or whatever but you know it's nice to See inclusion it's nice that the photograph Of him is like properly lit which Is still an issue in photography Uh Um, Like you can see all of his You know his face is clearly lit And then Little blonde Indian girl Not cool This is
0: one where It is not cool But I also gotta say The times People were not as aware of it Didn't talk about it We had no idea I mean I
1: was I'm sure I I know for a fact That I dressed up like that Like we would get uh, Brown paper grocery bags And make like Indian costumes Sure I mean I
0: I I think I dressed up I mean my parents Dressed me up as like A quote unquote Hobo one year Who are you? I'm a homeless person Right For Halloween You know what are you going to do? What are
1: you going to do? You're off Louise. Hi,
0: Alaska. Well, Marvin, what do you think? I think all my pictures are great. The Kodak Colorverse 250. That, that is little photographer kid is flash. cute as hell.
1: He's very cute. Point
0: being, I used to be cute as hell because <laughs> I think I'm that kid. Oh, man. this let, uh, I showed you this one the other day, and it led to a conversation in our house about whether or not women wear pantyhose anymore. Take a listen to this.
1: I can just feel all over like I'm tingling and alive and vibrant. Definitely. Sheer energy is quite different. I like it.
0: This woman has been wearing an unusual pair of pantyhose. One leg of ordinary pantyhose sewed to one leg of sheer energy. Here's what other women said. I would like to to point out that you were making the cringy face. While he was talking, they were showing this weird animation of half Like I guess two halves of pantyhose Right
1: one leg Swaying together Like a a cartoon of them Sort of swimming toward each other And then being stitched up Into a single pair of pantyhose That are one is the sheer energy One is the store brand or whatever And
0: And then they make women walk around With these pantyhose that are one leg is one thing and one leg is something else. Right. I don't like that at all. Your
1: leg's encased in plastic in both cases, ladies.
0: Wearing an unusual pair of pantyhose. One leg of ordinary pantyhose sewed to one leg of Sheer Energy. Here's what other women said.
1: I like to feel feminine. I like to feel pretty. And that's how I felt when I wore the Sheer Energy. I'm going to tell my friend about Sheer Energy pantyhose so that she can feel as good at the end of the day as I do.
0: Now, save on two pair of Sheer Energy pantyhose. Just look for this special display. Now you you had mentioned that um, this is just outdated because people don't usually wear pantyhose much these days.
1: I don't think so. It's I mean I still own a few pairs of stockings. Like on a cold day, if I if I absolutely have to be in a skirt that I can't wear tights with for some reason, mm-hmm. like I might put on a pair of stockings. But I never see them advertised anymore. Most women I know, if unless it's like. Well, I mean, I don't know. Most women I know my age and younger, I feel like go either go bare legged or wear tights. Um, but you know, my mileage may vary, and mm-hmm. I maybe it's also sort of a West Coast thing. Like it might be like East Coast tends to be a little bit more formal, and maybe you or don't
0: like go, DC, yeah,
1: New York. Like maybe belt, you don't go yeah. bare legged there. Also, of course, it's typically colder there. Yeah. I don't know
0: because I, I listeners you are we still
1: wearing that, pantyhose? I feel like.
0: It, You'll see women wearing like dark and for me. I don't understand the difference I think between tights and pantyhose because I will see Women and sometimes like young women in the university district. They'll wear skirts. It's winter time So they'll have like dark what I would describe as pantyhose underneath it Like, Well,
1: if they're sheer in any way so that you can like they're very different yeah. a tight Women will know what I mean like tights are very different from pantyhose and you can get black pantyhose mm-hmm. but they're different they're they're sheer you yeah, can, I feel
0: like I see those. Well, maybe. No.
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly, kids today are wearing all kinds of things where I'm like, is that ironic? Is it like normcore? Is that even still a thing? No idea. It, I mean, pantyhose might be the thing that like Gen Z wears now, and I would have no idea.
0: This next commercial is a shorty. It's only 10 seconds long, and uh, David, the original poster, um, raises a good question, which is, why is this guy so mad, and who is he arguing with? This is Don Meredith in this, by the way. Uh, for Lipton ice tea. Don Meredith, I looked it up. Maybe most people know he was an American football quarterback and sports commentator and actor. He Spent all nine of his seasons uh, playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Then he was on the original Monday Night Football broadcast team. He famously, apparently, played the role of Howard Cosell's comic, foil. Um, also appeared in dozens of films and seven major TV shows. Uh, sometimes as the lead, audiences might know him best as Burt Jameson, a re, or Jameson, a recurring role he had on a show called Police Story. Which I, I don't know what any of those of. words mean. But anyway, here is ten seconds this, of him standing in a kitchen. It
1: feels like something that they that like what it, that Tarantino was riffing on yeah. in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, here he is standing in a kitchen, drinking iced tea in the winter time, and defensively says. You drink other cold beverages in the winter time. Why wouldn't you drink iced tea? Whoa, Ice slow tea, your roll. Iced tea clearly reacting directly to some market research here. Seriously, I would say. <laughs> we
1: did a whole show about yeah. research.
0: Take a listen. Meet Lipton Iced Tea lover Don
1: Meredith. You drink other cold drinks in the winter, then enjoy Lipton Iced Tea made from Lipton's quality blend, dandy tasting.
0: That's it. That's all you get.
1: Yeah. Gosh, relax, Don. You drink other.
0: Beverages in the wintertime.
1: Don, no one's accusing you of anything. We're just having a conversation, Don.
0: Uh, I'll play this one, although it's very visual. Um, it, it's fun because of how antiquated it is. This is a commercial, 1980, and it features a telephone operator still physically plugging and unplugging things out of a you switchboard. You know what this makes
1: me think of? This. People- Lily Tomlin? well yeah obviously but when when people in the 80s would unplug things out of a switchboard mm-hmm. that was not a technology that was in use in the 80s mm-hmm. but it still signaled to people particularly of a certain age telephone call mm-hmm. and the same thing happens now with like answering machines mm-hmm. like it still signals we, nobody has an answering machine you have a voicemail and right. it looks like your phone because it's inside the computer (laughs)
0: right
1: right, and but yet and rick and morty has like had some fun with this uh as well as i think some other shows too but like often on tv you will see like an answering machine to signal a message is being Mm -hmm.
0: left right yeah it's yeah it's a signal um it's kind of a shortcut and i guess you're right that will eventually i mean i don't see it that much anymore But for years after voicemail
1: became prevalent, you would still see that. And I think that for this generation, we're probably about as far from voicemail being invented as they were then from, you know, the switchboard becoming automated.
0: Right. Now, this is not a commercial for a telephone service. This is a commercial for, I want to say, Maxwell House. Yeah, let's say Maxwell House. Good morning. This woman is just working her butt off. It's very frantic in there, and that's another thing that this just signals—just like a million things coming in at once, and she's got to like connect everybody. Maxwell House's coffee to relax with. Somebody brings her a Maxwell cup of coffee. We'll brighten up your day. Finally she just unplugs one of the pluggy things. She's like, hold. Please hold. And now she's gonna take a big sip of her Maxwell House, cause dang it, she just needs a 10 second break if that. This
1: I feel like I don't sit and plug cords in all day long to make people get their phone calls, but sometimes that is how I feel about getting that cup of coffee. Yeah, right. Hold <laughs>
0: Relax with the great taste of Maxwell House coffee. Imagine how bad Maxwell House
1: coffee would taste to us today. Thank
0: you. I know, but you're right. It's such an effective commercial. Something about her taking that big sip. There's something very tactile about that that I connected with. Yeah. And even seeing these old-fashioned coffee cans long before I ever had my first sip of coffee, I would take deep breaths of old coffee cans Mm -hmm. because we'd use old coffee cans for everything, right? Buttons and rocks and any other thing that you were collecting as a kid or oh, in the stick and the hoop and the, I don't know. <laughs> I grew up in the 1930s, but, um, you know, like you'd reuse them for something and you'd peel the lid off and you'd still get that whiff of old coffee yeah. and seeing these cans makes me want coffee. So good job, Maxwell House.
1: Good job, Maxwell House.
0: Now, let's stay. I I went out of order here for a second because I want to talk about old school telephone technology again. This is actually for the Bell phone system. And I think I showed you this one already There's a man and a woman Kind of, would you call them elderly? Yeah, kind of getting up they're, they're empty nesters, let's put it that way And they are sitting at their um, Dining room table together Do you, Are you laughing because you remember this one now?
1: No, I'm laughing at what the, the guy who put all these together uh, yeah, Tweeted about David.
0: it He says, I really can't stress enough What a dystopia it was Before cell phones <laughs> Listen to the conversation between this couple Joey called this morning. So how's Joey? Joey, what's wrong? Nothing. Nothing? Our Joey called 2,000 miles. The kids are all right? Fine. Sally? Fine. The kids are fine. Sally's fine. So why did he call? I asked him that too. And why are you crying? Because Joey said I'd call. Just because I love you, Mom. Reach out, reach out and... This couple is so amazed that their grown son would pick up a telephone to call them.
1: Well, long distance was a real... uh, It was a national nightmare for a long time was long distance charges. I know a lot of you are too young to remember that, but it was... we, We went through a very weird period. I've talked about this before. We went through a weird period where like cell phones weren't necessarily a thing for everybody. And even if they were, it was like we weren't quite at the point. Like there were all these like, you know peak times and different times when it was more expensive to call and there were all these workarounds that everyone's dad was giving them to try to like cut down on long distance calls
0: Like making credit card calls, I remember that from the road. There were these,
1: and then these like 20-digit numbers that you would dial that would like. That would
0: come later though, right? That's the 90s, I think, right? Yeah, this
1: was definitely by the 90s. Yeah, like the credit, there were the credit cards, but they were just, for years, for decades, we tried to crack the nut of how to make long-distance calls. And now it's like, just like, what's a long-distance call?
0: And I could be wrong, but I also think that this speaks to not just the cost, but the quality as well, because I think that long-distance calls Depending where you were It
1: used to sound like You were talking on a tin can of the, the street The quality was yeah. terrible
0: Because you were connected Through so many different Local networks Right and Of course the bells Are what kind of Brought them all together This uh, commercial also feels Southern to me Yeah It's an African American couple Like I, I wonder if the casting Would have been the same Outside of Atlanta Like let's say in Cleveland During the same time Might
1: have been different I will say that the acting In this is hilariously Over the top Yes it is They are both cranked up to 11 like the emotional energy in that room is like so crackly because like it's just like the tension is building like what's wrong with joey (laughs) oh my god what's happening (laughs) he
0: just loves me
1: yeah it is and then like they embrace at the end like they just found out that like you know the cancer screen came back negative you know like it's just bonkers. I mean, maybe there's a
0: backstory like maybe. Is
1: this a a sequel to an ad?
0: Because like, I mean, it's nice that your kid loves you. I would hope that your kid would love you, especially an adult son, you know, maybe understanding the value of family. But, you know, maybe they've had a really tough time with Joey. Over the years, and Joey, maybe there were times when they didn't, sh- they weren't sure if Joey would get his shit together, and if he ever would call, and if he ever really did love them and appreciate them. See, but maybe that's he's, the secret. He's grown to up now. invest a
1: character that's with right. a whole backstory.
0: <laughs> what was your character's name? Hooker. Hooker number one. Uh, okay, Genevieve. Now it's time for this commercial to pose a question to us. Could you write a television commercial? Probably not. How about for a product you believe in? How about your time? I try, sure. Okay, so I don't know what led up to this, but this guy comes up to a woman clearly, literally on the street and says, could you write a television commercial? She says, no, absolutely not. Has no faith in herself at all. Have you seen TV, lady? You can write a TV commercial. Um, But he's like, what about for Tide? We know how much you love Tide. So now this commercial, five seconds in, is going to abruptly switch to... Her commercial, she is now standing on a playground. Who did
1: that Johnsonville, right?
0: Exactly what yeah. I was going to say. Y- this is a precursor to the like 2017 Johnsonville campaign where they asked their um, employees to write a Johnsonville commercial.
1: Oh, I would have a whole picnic <laughs> That's with... That's
0: right. I was so brats. mean. I'm sorry. I
1: pissed um, people off with that.
0: So this is kind of a precursor to that 40 years earlier.
1: Why? Because I believe in it. Doing a commercial is a new experience, so I got my family to help.
0: Now, she, I want to say she looks kind of miserable. Like she's definitely got a thousand yard stare. She's not happy about doing this. She's on a playground now. Her kids are playing on the playground wearing no shoes, just white socks.
1: Yeah, this per- commercial, this playground they're in also looks like it's in a prison yard. <laughs> yes, they're the background. It is extremely grim <laughs> it, setting it really for does. this. There's like not That's a scrap There's not a scrap of green anywhere. There's no plant life. It's just a dirt lot with a, a metal slide baking in the sun. Was this like shot at uh where did they do the like the Los Alamos or wherever they did the nuclear testing? Making
0: a commercial is hard, especially when you have to do it at the DMZ. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) all right so the kids are gonna come sliding down now no shoes just white
1: socks okay kids let's go my son jeff and nephew dj are playing in white socks to help show how my tide cleans muddy soil better than a liquid detergent there perfect ground in mud now my mother-in-law is going to supervise because i'm testing against her favorite liquid I've sworn by
0: this detergent for years. <laughs> also, her mom... We now know where she gets the I am a prisoner holding up today's newspaper vibe. Right. Because her, her mom is kind of It's got her mother-in-law even, in- even worse. Or her mother-in-law. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm messing up genetics here. Uh, there's a scene that we missed on the well, playground. Well, I think she's just
1: been... I think she's been sort of like... You know, bullied into submission by her domineering mother-in-law. That's, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting. I
0: guess so. There is a scene on the playground where she's holding up one of her kids' feet and we just see the nasty bottom of a white sock that's now all black. That's a
1: pretty good, like, test case, I would yeah, say. Yeah,
0: but it makes me feel gross.
1: Now my mother-in-law is going to supervise because I'm testing against her favorite liquid. I've sworn by this detergent for years. We'll wash
0: DJ's socks in a liquid and Jeff's blue striped socks in Tide. My liquid didn't do too well. But look at the Tide socks. A lot cleaner. Guess you taught your mother in law a lesson this time. Right. I trust Tide. I really do. Women trust Tide. It's the best detergent on American soil.
1: <laughs> on American soil? That's an interesting play on words. I didn't. That's actually pick a great play on play of words. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, of course, I think it goes without saying women trust Tide. Yeah, is right. Feeling. Extremely dated
0: Do you want to feel Even worse about the way Women are treated in commercials because In this next one For toothpaste I would like to say um, Or I'd like to point out A woman is playing Chess with a man maybe even teaching Him how to play chess and the man Is inches From her face It's it would appear That she just wants to play chess And he's got other things on his mind and this is called the Bishop. What are you doing? You smell good.
1: Chicks <laughs> your chest full.
0: Your breath is so fresh.
1: That's close-up.
0: Close-up toothpaste? Why do you think they call it close-up? It's the toothpaste with real mouthwash to freshen your
1: breath. And it gets your teeth as white as they can be. Now, this is a night.
0: It certainly is. Oh, then he goes in for the kiss. I will say
1: they do she, kiss. She's
0: into it. I think she knows what she's doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like she's there willingly. I mean, it's making it's giving me hives it to have give him me hives, yeah. that close, imagining him that close to me. But I mean, she's into it. Like she's not recoiling.
0: No, that's true. She she's definitely into it. And then they wa- kiss at the end. I
1: watched a movie last week uh, called Fateful Findings, which oh, is like sort of like the new The Room. You know, it's like it's. So bad, it like you can't believe someone could make a movie this bad. Of course, it's by some like Wiseauian guy who's like doing this. As a passion project I, I had
0: downloaded it for you Because you wanted to see it For the podcast You are going to see And I thought that I had downloaded The wrong thing I'm like come down here This is not right yes. This is like This isn't what you want to watch
1: Well it's filled it's, it's made by this guy Who of course stars in it And of course he like Has cast all the women in it Who all want to get with him Including like The teenage neighbor mm. But what really stands out To me about And stood out to The people who make The podcast uh, Is that all of the women who have to make, who who in whom who are called upon by the script to make out with him or mm-hmm. have simulated sex with him mm-hmm. are you can see their bodies recoiling they're not good enough actresses that they can even make their bodies like physically get near him without just like oh cringing God. and when they're making out with him they're all keeping their mouths tightly closed mm-hmm. and moving their faces around so that he, they can try to avoid his actual mouth on their mouth. Mm-hmm. It is a rough watch.
0: I didn't know Clint Eastwood made a new movie.
1: <laughs> Burn wasn't
0: it, it? Wasn't it? I think I'm stealing a John. Yeah, it's John Mullaney on um, SNL. Yeah, it's a pretty good bit. Was was talking about how apparently in his latest film, which I'm blanking on the name of, of course, but he's literally 85 years old, but he has two three ways. Right. He wrote because he wrote himself. and directed it. Yeah. Oh my god. So gross. Would you believe me if I told you I have unearthed the seed of the modern chicken sandwich wars 40 years old. Well, it was a much more innocent time. It's crisp. It's hot. It's juicy. By it's- the way, that's one big thing about the 80s is just a lot of like people on the street. Yeah. The person like we just have this small tableau of a police officer who was apparently talking to a truck driver who's Got his window rolled down. The police officer says it's hot, I think. The truck driver says it's crispy. And then a strange woman walks by, it just quickly through the frame and says the other one. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> it's crisp. Juicy? It's hot. It's juicy. It's
1: the Burger King chicken now sandwich. We're white King. meat chicken. It's specialty sandwich size, now hamburger size. It's the number one chicken sandwich in America. The
0: lay of white meat chicken, cooked up crisp and light. Tasty herbs and spices. Make this chicken right. It's crisp. It's hot. It's juicy. It's the number one chicken sandwich in America.
1: I really remember that chicken sandwich, and I remember really liking it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The mayo was really good, or they like, or they put the right amount of mayo on it, or something. And I remember eating it a lot. And now I look at it, and they slice it open to show you the the quote unquote white uh-huh. meat. And it looks... It looks crumbly. ...really bad, really mealy. It really
0: does, yeah. We really, we've really,
1: we really upped our chicken sandwich game in this country. Yes, we have. You know have. what? A lot of things are going wrong, but you can't argue with the progress we've made on chicken sandwiches.
0: And you can't argue with the regression we've made on uh, music and commercials. I just think that there are so many good jingles in the 80s. We are not a...
1: J- it's not a jingle time. Mm-mm. I mean, sometimes it's jingle time on this show, but in America, it's not jingle time in America.
0: Head Council, it's jingle time. Wait, wait for it to ring out. Okay, now we can continue our show. Um, what is. the? Oh, this is one of the only other commercials that I think I remember. It takes place in, like, a monastery with a bunch of monks. Oh, I do remember this one. Who I think have taken a vow of silence, but then it's time to sit down for breakfast, and they pour a forbidden cereal into their bowls. Kellogg's Rice Krispies. It's the only cereal that talks to you, and that makes for great company in the morning. All the monks are looking at the other one who's He's like trying
1: to, all the crackling and popping Crisp is happening, but rice he keeps covering it with his hands to try pop. to silence it.
0: Kellogg's Rice Krispies, great company in the morning.
1: Kellogg's will help you say, it's gonna be a great day.
0: I love that they turn their jingle into some sort of a kind of choral music. A monastic, or, or chant. A monastic chant. monastic chant. This really makes me want Rice Krispies, and I, it's not—it's not up there in my cereals. I ate a lot of it as a kid, but I do think that I am especially susceptible to using sound in a commercial to complete the experience. You know, I always say I think M M&M and M should do more with the, like the sound of M and M's tinkling against a glass bowl because that always makes me want M and M's. Um, there's something about this commercial that really makes me want to just dive into a bowl of Rice Krispies. I also noticed, and this is one thing I think I thought about as a kid a lot too, is they never just take a, well maybe sometimes they do, in this case, they don't just take a carton of milk and pour it onto the cereal. It's always like some sort of a fancy pitcher of milk that somebody has prepared. Yeah, I've never sat down to a bowl of cereal with a pitcher of milk.
1: You've never been at a place that had a pitcher of milk instead of regular instead of a carton of milk? I don't think so. I went to a summer camp where we actually uh, drank milk. not it was't the only milk available, but you there was at every table milk from the cows that was oh, like wow. actual cow milk, like fresh cow milk. and that would be in a pitcher. I always really enjoyed it. I
0: don't. Yeah, it's I mean, very creamy. You love milk. I, I love already. Milk. I've always been a little bit weird about milk. Um, I, I don't think I'd want to drink milk that has been that recently inside of a cow. You're missing out. I guess so. Uh, I like what the tweeter David, our, we'll call him our host today, David. <laughs> he said our here, guest producer. He said, "Here's an answer to candy, a question nobody asked." Hey, candy lovers! There's a new way to go. Granola clusters—an answer to candy. <laughs> granola clusters take the good things of granola, like oats, honey, raisins, almonds, and combine them with caramel and nougat to create a sweet, chewy, 100 natural treat with no additives or preservatives. Hey, candy lovers! Something new—granola clusters.
1: Granola's answer to candy. Again. The answer to candy, by the way, is. More
0: candy yeah. it's This is candy. candy All
1: of this shit is candy <laughs> Yes, it has some oats and it has some nuts in it As do a lot of candies But it, mostly what it has is sugar But
0: is there, There's got to be some benefit to eating that Over just uh, three Musketeers, right?
1: i would look at the calorie content you might be Hmm. you might be getting more calories with the granola bar
0: can you imagine if you've just been doing that you're like oh i could just had three musketeers for breakfast every day (laughs) um speaking of healthy alternatives this was the age of corn
1: (laughs) Mazzola has something that no other leading oil has that's because mizzola is the only
0: one that's made from corn not sunflowers not soybeans but corn Mazzola corn oil is 100%... Per- it just seems like he's saying corn a lot. Yeah. Corn. 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 Mazzola has something that no other leading oil has. That's because is the only one that's made from corn. corn. Not sunflowers, not soybeans, but corn. Mazzola corn oil is 100% corn oil and nothing else. Look, you know Mazzola's low in saturated fat. You know it has no cholesterol. And no leading oil tastes lighter than Mazzola. But in case you didn't know where all that goodness comes from, here's your answer. Golden American corn. (laughs) Now, I don't know that Mazzola is any worse for you than any vegetable oil. I mean, I did a quick search on this today, and it says, you know, it doesn't have the saturated fats that lead to... um, What's everybody worried about? Collecting in, in your veins? Cholesterol. Cholesterol, because but like palm oil will, mm-hmm. and I think coconut oil will have that, and animal fats will have that. But they were saying corn and vegetable oil. You know, of course today we use olive oil for everything. Is olive oil better for you than corn oil? I don't it's know. Gotta man. be right. Just kill me. <laughs> I'm sure we are. Um, shall I move on? Yeah. How about Head and Shoulders? Instead of good news, bad news, they have a real good news, good news situation (laughs) for Head and Shoulders. And by the way, the payoff for the other good news is weak, and it comes near the end. Head and Shoulders proudly
1: announces good news and more good news. The good news? Head and Shoulders' new conditioning formula for extra manageability.
0: This new conditioning formula means I'll get the extra manageability I need without giving up dandruff control now that's good news They
1: would let anybody be a shampoo sure model in the <laughs> 80s every time and get unbeatable dandruff control easier combing fewer flyaways that's the good news about
0: okay now what do you think is the more good news
1: well they already talked about its dandruff controlling mm-hmm. properties we talked about that at the price i don't know that's the good
0: news about head and shoulders new conditioning formula what's more good news just this for millions of folks like me who manage just beautifully with a regular Head and Shoulders, well, we still can.
1: Head and We're not getting rid of our other shit. Formula.
0: That's the more good news. So the good news is they have a new conditioning formula. The more good news is they they're not getting the old rid. Stuff. They still got the old stuff.
1: Yeah, that's pretty weak. Good news. That's
0: what I. That's that's what I say. That's weak shampoo, as we like to say. Um, here is a Jello commercial that makes me giggle. What a welcome to the neighborhood! way you taste my Margie's dessert? Dessert? I didn't make dessert. Instead, I made some fun. Let me pause it there and tell you what's going on. So clearly, they were having a big dinner party. Um, some it's like folks a
1: welcome l- new new neighbors. You can
0: see like they're in somebody's house, and there's a bunch of boxes and stuff. They just moved in. What kind of a psychopath says, I didn't make dessert? I made fun and then comes out with a dessert.
1: I'll tell you what kind of psychopath. A psychopath who makes a giant jello mold <laughs> for adults to eat for dessert. Get I, the F out of here, Margie, <laughs> and go make a dessert. And take your fun with you because it is disgusting. And they do And I, it's filled with some sort of fruits oh, yeah, that are how, suspended in it.
0: That's how they do it in the Midwest. Even as a kid, I hate I loved jello. My grandmother made a great rainbow jello. Um, I guess kind of casserole thing it would be one color layer then a very very like and I'm talking like a centimeter thin and then a white layer which I think was like some sort of a cream cheese thing and then it was just like the entire spectrum all the way up I loved that but if I ever bit into a piece of jello that had like a fruit suspended in it always creeps me out yeah. terrible terrible I do like from a marketing perspective though that they decided to market the the fact that um, it's got the jiggle quality that it's more than just a food but there's something more to right. it right
1: it's an activity yeah, yeah.
0: I made some fun Watch it glimmer, see it shimmer cool and jello brand, jello of you love the one that so light and makes us fun. jello, jello Hey, was
1: that little kid uh, Corey Feldman?
0: Go back, um, Go back a minute. Here.
1: He's the one who like bumps the little girl. You know what?
0: It might be. Do you want me to look it up? Yeah, I think it is. Think that it, mouth looks That like...
1: mouth is, looks really uh, in unmistakable.
0: Jello commercial. Let's see here. Um. Wow, he's been in a lot of commercials. Yeah, High was. C... McDonald's Christmas commercial, Pringles and Jell-O commercials. Let me see here if he's in this one, if he's labeled doesn't say specifically but i think i think good eye i'll give you that
1: yeah i'd be shocked if it wasn't him just because of how much acting he did and that seems like it's the right age yeah
0: and i'm looking at a bunch of other photos of him at that age and it does look like him good eye all right i want to move on to this next one that um david our producer calls the tragedy of deborah lee we see a a teenage boy he's in his uh, kitchen with his mom and he i think he just Finished eating his two scoops of raisin bran Or something like that
1: They put two scoops of raisins in into the, raisin, the raisin, raisin bran I
0: knew I got something wrong there And he's rushing out the door and then you hear the mom say Hey the neighbor wants you To take his daughter to school Which is weird <laughs> And he's like I don't walking want people, to Walking
1: people to school was like a big thing yeah. I feel like a f- few decades ago And then he's like I don't want to take her to
0: school Apparently he's never met her before because then she shows up Deborah Lee shows up Turns out she's a hottie. A new school years at hand Bob feeling grand. He's starting with two scoops of raisins and a package of Kellogg's raisin brand. I'm going, Mom. Bobber? Remember, I told Mrs. Thompson we'd walk Deborah Lee to school today. Oh, Mom, I don't even know her. Is Robbie there? I'm Deborah Lee. Come in dear. He looks at he lo- turn to camera. Deborah Lee, then, ding. yeah. Deborah Lee sticks her head through the screen That's door. The weirdest boner noise. <laughs> She's a looker. And then yeah, suddenly he. Uh, I always forget the name of the guy on the office. Jim Helperts. Helper. He just Jim Helperts it with the help of a bell. i be there. I'm Deborah Lee. Come in, dear. Oh, raisin bran. <laughs> to school. <laughs> to school. I love. It's but, Teresa, Teresa, I so good. This. his voice cracks like that and then she just barges in and sits down at the table like nobody said she could do that no and then he sits down at the table and just like puts his chin on his hand Ooh. and stares at her but nobody's eating the cereal like I, I, it's unclear i have a lot of questions about that universe yeah
1: it's too bad they didn't make a sequel a follow-up where they like get to get to high school together and that's right she's like immediately you know sort of like Becomes like a popular new girl Mm -hmm. Because she's so beautiful And he's trying to tell everyone Like we had raisin bread in my house Right
0: right right And then he accidentally spills red wine Or she (laughs) spills red wine On a borrowed white dress (laughs) And then he tries to fix the situation for her And then he learns a dance From the Discovery Network I'm messing this up Alright we gotta wrap this up But uh, (laughs) this is clear So this is 1980 What year did the movie Grease come out Do we know?
1: Uh, I don't know
0: Let me tell you, it was, it must, okay, 1978. But
1: Greece, when did Greece 2 come out?
0: Okay, Greece 2. Oops. Um, 1982. So this is smack dab in between yeah. Greece and Greece 2 and it's for a Kit Kat bar, D- dude. I'm, I think the song I'm, will explain it. Right? I'm
1: loving these tweets. the The commentary yes. from at from Red Conversation is hilarious. It says
0: I think this dude wants to fuck that candy bar.
1: <laughs> I can't forget the night we met. I knew I found the one. We met right here at the candy store. Now every night I'm back To pick up my one and only Hello Luscious Kit Kat There's a crispy crunch inside every creamy chocolate bite For a taste you can fall in love with Kit Kat I love you It's hilarious because they've gone so far over the top With the 50s stuff Mm -hmm. Like it's, It's more 50s than the 50s ever could have been Except his haircut Is like So 80s like, the yes, most yes. 80s. Like, why didn't you just give this guy a ducktail or something? You know, like, why Why is he, like, the most 80s-looking dude, but, like, set in a mythical 50s?
0: Mm-hmm. Now, we can't get out of this without Did talking about... Did they just think about, dudes
1: couldn't be hot unless they had, like, Heather Locklear hair back then?
0: Well, I mean, I that's one thing that I've always been super fascinated with is that... Um, w- the art that's made at a certain time, even if it's looking back or looking forward, you can always tell what time it was made, right? Absolutely. As Tom Petty famously said in his um, underappreciated song, Spike... The future ain't what it used to be (laughs) um, which was a lyric I really was obsessed with as a kid that song is terrible by the way Uh, for our last commercial here I'm afraid we have to get into the world of politics there was no escaping it Uh, keep in mind this is 1980 so we are nearing the end of a pretty disastrous Carter administration especially as it was considered at the time Um, and in this commercial we see a congressman Clearly a Democratic congressman, or as the commercial will say, a Democrat congressman.
1: Yeah, I was surprised by how long they've been pulling that those shenanigans. Yeah, I thought
0: that was a newer thing that happened, like during the uh, first Bush administration. Yeah. Um, not saying Democratic, but Democrat. Uh, anyway, he's driving the car, and he's got an aide who is sitting next to him, and this is uh, specifically about the gas crisis. Congressman, I think we're running out of gas. Oh, no. It's not as if the Democrat Congress didn't have a warning. The last three presidents warned them. Congressman, we are running out of gas. Congress- but the Democrats, who have controlled Congress for 25 years, ignored them. Now he's passing up a gas station and not stopping. God, the
1: gas crisis was real. Yeah.
0: it's actually This is actually a good analogy, isn't it? I mean, as far as a political advertisement is well, concerned. Well, it's barely
1: an analogy. It's yeah. like pretty literal it's
0: literal but it also is just saying the party is running out of gas i mean they just went blindly down the road (laughs) hey we're out of gas the democrats are out of gas vote republican for a change vote republican for a change
1: the more things change right
0: the world was a very different place God, I wish I had something better to say to outro that segment than that. <laughs> uh, anyway, I love doing that. We had to skip. Thank uh, you we're kind to, of running uh, out of time. Thank but you, that you was... to
1: David for that uh, incredible walk down memory lane. Do we have time to do some ad counsel? Yeah, I just have a couple of things I wanted to share from our Facebook. Okay.
0: Everybody's talking
1: at me I don't hear words they saying Only the echo my
0: All right, what do we got?
1: Well, these are just a few really fun things that popped up on the Facebook group. If you're not already on the Facebook group, check it out. There's, uh, there's great commentary happening there. Um, this was from listener Kirsten. Um, there, she sent in or found a photograph. I don't know where, where it popped up. It looked like kind of a meme or something. Um, it's a photograph of, you know, like an elementary school worksheet, you know, like you, you know, vocabulary worksheet, basically. Mm-hmm. And the the instructions on the worksheet uh, are use the word shed in a sentence, and the kid wrote in like kid handwriting, "Somebody burned down my she shed." <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: no, no, duh, no, or no, no X uh, a ding.
0: Do you think that that's? I mean, I see me, I. I...
1: That's a great... I as, haven't
0: actually seen this. I'm only, you know, hearing your description of it. But I am dubious that these things were actually things that kids wrote a lot of the times. I think there are things that, you know, people create. Uh, create. To make, I mean,
1: you know, there's no way to know for sure. But also, kids are little sponges, you know? I mean, they hear things like that. Like, if that's the sentence that comes to mind for a kid, it wouldn't shock me to... to I don't think it's, like, so clever or hilarious that, like, only a parent could kind of come up with it.
0: The reason why I think it's fake is of all of the words to use in a sentence, I don't think shed would be one that we're putting on worksheets.
1: That's what you find unbelievable? Yeah. Well, how else do you learn the word shed?
0: I don't think it's that important of a word. Like, we're not teaching kids. It, there is not a worksheet question for literally every single word in the English language. And I find it a little bit hard to believe that they're focusing on the word shed as opposed well, to sh- as opposed to an adjective of some sort or a verb of some sort.
1: I really think that is not good police work. All right. Um, I mean, lot worksheets have all kinds. Like, you learn all kinds of words on worksheets. I mean.
0: It just doesn't have a very much. It doesn't seem that relevant
1: well they're not writing papers about you know the situation with brexit i mean they're trying to learn basic vocabulary it, that's why i think hat car hat is somehow garage even okay so this is the this is the picture mm-hmm. and it's like with the last in a series of questions and you can't it's cut off so you can't see what the previous you know
0: I got to say, the picture does look kind of yeah. That that does look real. It's it's not cropped in a way that makes me suspicious of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't be fake. I mean, what what seems fake about it to me, if anything, is that someone like used the sentence from us from a commercial. But the idea that a kid wouldn't learn the word shed via a vocabulary. I mean, I just remember vocabulary at that age. Like every week, it was like 20 new vocabulary words, and mm-hmm. it they were they ran the gamut from adjectives to you know nouns to verbs to everything i mean you know that's how words get learned and i mean i know the word shed because sometime once upon a time in my past i had i learned the word shed through either reading or vocabulary or
0: people just saying it. that's what i'm saying like the worksheets focus on certain words obviously not every single word that we know we learn from a worksheet
1: that's true. But I just don't find it very unbelievable that that shed would be like what if they're doing a, a unit on like gardening, you know, like there's any there's any number of reasons or maybe they read a story like that's how we did a lot of vocabulary is like, you know, you read a, a short story and it has like words in it and, and you learn the meaning and you, you learn to reuse those words in other contexts.
0: I think I just know more about words than you do, though.
1: I think you know a real not a lot about <laughs> pedagogy.
0: You think I really know not a lot yeah. about pedagogy. All right. Uh, all right, what else we got? Teachers, <laughs>
1: get at us. Tell Andrew how you wrong took, he wow, is. Wow, you really
0: took that one seriously. Of all the things to get to get all touchy about. It's just so
1: wrong. Right. It's so, so wrong. Uh, this is from Listener Danielle, and this is uh, because we have said a couple of times, both uh, in our IRL lives <laughs> and uh, and also on this show, that our base, your baseball show every year, your radio baseball show, is like, you know, not everybody's favorite show. <laughs> the baseball show? Yes. No, no,
0: no. Nobody looks forward to it, except for Luke now on TBTL, well, so he wants to be on the next one. Listener
1: Danielle, and you can put Listener Danielle on Oh, good. She writes... I ended up behind on episodes and I am now trying to catch up. I was listening to Andrew's baseball episode around my husband, an avid Seattle sports radio fan. It was the perfect episode for him. Ah I just feel that the ATM world should know that I created a fun conversation with my husband. Oh that it created a fun conversation with my husband.
0: All right, so, thanks, we'll take that.
1: Strengthening marriages. Uh, here on ATM ask your
0: husband if he thinks the word shed would be a specific vocabulary <laughs> word for a third grader no what do you think a first grader yeah I mean Kindergarten- very young yeah, I mean yeah. who
1: knows what age that even is but like it's a it's a pretty pretty elementary yeah, word. it would I, I mean it's, I mean it's not an SAT workbook like mm-hmm. it's a tiny it's like for a, a little kid uh, okay and this is the last one this is from listener Rachel um, we did a show a couple, I don't know, weeks or months ago about cannibalism, you eat what you are, mm-hmm. and about, uh, we talked about Mr. Peanut, and you said you had gone out of your way to look for a Mr. Peanut that uh, ate other peanuts, and mm-hmm. that you couldn't find one, that they seem to have this actually been kind of careful about him. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't quite cannibalism, uh, but this is from Rachel. There Apparently, there was a Mr. Peanut toy, which would grind peanuts into peanut butter, which he then extruded from his ear. What? Yes. And I gotta gotta see one of these things. And she says that only seems terrible until you consider the other choices for extrusion locations and then it's not so bad. <laughs> what's what's is there anything better than ear? I mean, obviously butt is real bad. Right. That's right, the right. worst. Then there's mouth seems also bad. I'm looking
0: for this toy. Is there Nipples? any chance I can... F- oh, come on. You're saying that is a milk lover, huh? Exactly. Uh, but here, I should turn this down. I was looking for a video. Because you
1: know they, were, they probably were just
0: like, what? Here, I found it. Look. Belly button. It's just like somebody made some weird gross video of people grinding peanut butter in various ways, but now we're saying crank Mr. Peanut's handle. Oh, yeah, And we're seeing That's images. That's the worst part <laughs> of
1: it. <laughs> Give him a crank. He likes it when you crank his handle. Crank
0: Mr. Peanut's handle. And now, I, it's not an actual commercial, I don't think, but um, we're going to see an image of a kid cranking the handle and, ew, yeah. Like That's a, a, real bad. Just like a dry
1: peanut yeah, butter just a, is just just a like dry paste sort of like dribbling out
0: oh my god
1: no no mr peanut bad mr peanut i
0: want to find a i want to find an actual commercial for this on the fly <laughs> but we're kind of running out of time here maybe i'll maybe i'll try to find that for next week yeah let's oh, look at it next week man. anyway
1: thank you rachel that was horrifying
0: okay well thanks just to, i hate it just to end on a commercial can i play this Peanut Panic ad from 1994. What the hell is this? It's a cartoon. Is this is when
1: they discovered peanut allergies. That's
0: what I wondered.
1: Scooping and dumping the peanuts and running the peanut patrol. is a
0: name. I gotta get free before we scoop me. In the peanut panic. <laughs> Oh, Peanut Panic is a game where some guy on a little track goes around scooping up peanuts. I do like board games that have some sort of physicality to them. Right. I'll I'll definitely give him that. Okay.
1: Well, thank you for putting that together and for finding that. That was pretty hilarious. And it was, um, I mean, it was a little before my time in Atlanta, but definitely kind of my era there. Yeah,
0: that definitely gave me the, the warm feelings watching a bunch of those old commercials.
1: You can sell anything. You can sell
0: anything. All right, bozos, you can call us 607-444-5597. That is our voicemail line. We're going to be checking that uh, before next show, and we'll play you some voicemails. If you want to call and sing us a jingle, one of your favorite jingles or one of your least favorite. Yeah, you just
1: heard the the peanut panic jingle. Sing that.
0: That's right, yeah. 607-444-5597.
1: You can email us at after these messages show at Gmail, and you can visit us and join the Facebook group.
0: Just look for after these messages show on Facebook. All right. Now we got to figure out what we're going to do on actual Halloween. I know, right? <laughs> Talk to you guys next Tuesday. If you find out all the reasons we the shit, then you the shit. Yeah, pooping on the track. Call me Doodle Vic. Cool,
1: cool, cool lady. Nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples.